It's more than just your output, more than a bike. When you hear your shout out, you know it's all right. Put on your magic pants and let's go. We're cruising into the power zone. Clip in, set yourself free. Come on and take a ride with me. You know what you need to know and what's it all about. Welcome to the Clip Out, episode 95. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. How's it going? It's good. It is cold in our basement today. It is. Well, it's cold outside. It's like 20 degrees. Yes. Because I heard birds singing the other day and I got excited because spring was almost here. And so nature decided to shit on my dreams and we are back to dead of winter. <laughs> yes. We woke up to ice and no school this morning. <laughs> and now the kids are like, it, it's nice to... Uh, it's it's nice to just really mess with the kids when they're like, yay, no school. And then it'd be like, yeah, but you already ate up all your snow days, so you just lost a day off. <laughs> so, <laughs> suck it, kids. Nature shit on our dreams. We're shitting on yours. <laughs> You're old enough to realize now this is how the world operates. It's the circle of life. God yes. damn it. <laughs> so, take that. We're such good parents. We are. We are. We should get a medal. So, uh, well, what, pray tell, do you have in store for people this week? There is so much news. We're going to talk about the IPO. We're going to talk about uh, Peloton just in the news in general. We've got tons of tons of things to talk about. Past guests updates, multiple of them. Um, and then we've got details coming up on Homecoming. There's some more things that have come out about the schedule. And uh, we're also going to talk about an article uh, from... From the Washington Post about fitness trackers we're going to discuss and then just some we might we might have some time to sneak in some news about uh, the upcoming races that that I'm going to be doing so we'll see if we have time we will do I'll talk fast <laughs> no you won't no I won't <laughs> I'll stay on track no no you won't no. <laughs> that's cute yeah so uh, shameless plugs don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts. you can go there rate review subscribe we have a new review Yay! Uh, this is from um, KBAT 504 Okay And they, the headline is Funny, entertaining, and informative Aww. This podcast is a great source of info About all things Peloton As well as a great way to meet That's in air quotes okay. Well I guess since it's typed out It's actually just in quotes <laughs> But when I read it It's in air quotes To meet some of the Peloton community The best thing though Is how entertaining Tom and Crystal are Their banter and wit makes the show Thank you Leaderboard name Keep it moving Keep Underscore it underscore moving Wow well thank you very much Yes thank you very much and if you would like to leave A review we would love to read it and as we talked About last week like oh it doesn't have to be This long giant review and boy that Really seemed to free up people And they were like oh Cool all I have to do is a couple words Yeah done and done So so thank you we will get to to yours Eventually but uh, we will and Just for anybody who's put reviews on Facebook I'm gonna cut Tom off at some Point and we're gonna move to Facebook and read Those well I I kept thinking at some Point we'll run out of iTunes reviews but people Have been really good literally been two years Yeah so that's fair (laughs) (laughs) It's time Tom yeah this is like When we had to switch cable companies all over Again I know (laughs) but I know the remote but i already know the numbers of the channels i don't want to have to learn the new numbers of the new channels 
You're so cute. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you think that. So, uh, where, what else could I shamelessly plug? Oh, don't forget, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash the clip out. You can go there and uh, like our page and stay up to date about things throughout the week. So, yes, and leave a review there as well, because as I just said, we're going to get one there. day. <laughs> Did you talk about the website? And you can go to the clipout.com. <laughs> Ma'am. <laughs> cool. That was my retail ma'am. I know. That was the one when that like I had a bitch haircut. Yeah. That's I know what you were <laughs> getting you're at. Like, yes. Sure thing, ma'am. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> I guess that's it for all the shameless plugging. <laughs> I think so. Let's dig in, shall we? Sure. It's time for news of the Peloton. Big news this week is uh, Peloton kind of confirms that they're releasing their own uh, micro brew beverages. And, what? No, no. It was the. I saw, uh, it says here in my notes, uh, Peloton IPA. No, 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 no. What? Honey, you what? even have your glasses on. It says IPO. Oh, that's <laughs> yes. different. Oh, that's. that's <laughs> did you just make your own face? Um, that's different. I know. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm sure you'll cut all that out so I don't look like an idiot. Um, no. No. Oh. <laughs> Jeez, I mean, I know you're teasing, but you will. So anyway, in Peloton news, we have information about their IPO. Yeah, I mean, we have a new article about their IPO. This, I love the names of these articles. They they crack me up. This one is called Peloton IPO Guide: Everything You Need to Know About the Eight Billion Dollar Exercise Company. And then you click on it. And it's all the things we already knew. (laughs) (laughs) Well, honey, not everyone is you. Well, okay, that is true. Not everybody is obsessed with it. And especially people who are in the market and they don't have a bike or a tread. They wouldn't they wouldn't necessarily know. So from an investor guide, there is useful information. Splitting from investment to investment. Yeah. However, this still felt like a bit of a clickbait. Sure. That's okay. Uh, It didn't give me any viruses. So we're going to call that a win. The valuations. (laughs) Like like when you were dating. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) The valuations are now coming in at eight billion dollars. So double what we were seeing last year. I mean, that makes sense, though, because things have changed in a year. It just keeps growing exponentially. It does. It does. And of course, that's just evaluation. The market is going to normalize that one way or another. I don't know if it'll normalize on day one, but it will normalize at some point. So supposedly the banks have been chosen. They have JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs. Oh, I loved her on the gong show. No, J.P. Morgan is a bank. Oh, okay. (laughs) And uh, they are the chosen banks for the IPO. That's what is being reported. There's nothing confirmed by Peloton at this point, but it's like in six million articles. So, you know, I think it's pretty safe to say it's accurate. The date has also not been set, but all signs point to the second half of the year. And they are also making guesses on what the ticker will be. Right. I thought that was funny. Uh, so the article reported that Pello and Piton are still available, as well as Bike. They thought Bike would be clever. They were especially proud of themselves for coming up with that. But I don't think Peloton would go with that. No, because they're not a bike company. That, and they've said that on mo- multiple occasions. Yeah. So uh, I think Bike is out, you know, but that's just me. It's, right. It's more than just a bike. And I think limiting it to Bike would literally say that right. so yeah i my guess is pello that's what i'm gonna go for yeah if that's available then yeah i, I and, definitely and at the moment that ticker is right. available so we we shall see anything you want to guess on no i mean pello seems like kind of the it seems pretty 
The obvious one. I it don't does. like P-Ton. I don't either. It sounds like they're trying to start their rap career. <laughs> It does. Yeah. Oh, does that mean that like Foley's going to come out with like a big clock on a gold chain <laughs> at homecoming? I don't. I don't think that's what rappers wear anymore. Oh, you're right. I, I was definitely really dating showing myself. Your age. That was <laughs> when you bust 1980. Out, yeah, when you bust out your Flava Flav yeah, references. Definitely. Yeah. Sorry, hun. That's okay. <laughs> Rap's not really my thing. Shocking, no I, one. Yes, I don't think anyone's <laughs> floored by. Whereas I my, like Eminem. I'm pretty street, yeah. So it stands to reason that grew I grew up in NoCo. Yeah, I know. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess with their uh, valuation doubling from the last number we heard, it would stand to reason that it's affecting their buzz score. It says here. It would stand to reason. Also, obviously, they have increased their advertising considerably. Sure. I mean, we saw that their marketing budget was crazy big for right. for their TV specifically. Budget went up uh, quite a bit for the second half of 2018, and I believe that that carried over into 2019. But since last November, there's a buzz score, and it gauges if uh, adults are hearing positive or negative things about a particular brand. It was plus four in last November. Okay, and now it has. Gone to plus 10 So the other interesting Thing about that I mean it's pretty awesome That it grew first of all but But also the buzz scores for competitors And and I say that that's me doing air Quotes uh, (laughs) like Nordic track Soul cycle flywheel Those have remained almost exactly The same during that same time period So that's probably pretty good I mean, for them, yeah. Considering that they're becoming an also ran in their own industries, you know? Yeah, but the way that they're like advertising like crazy, it's kind of interesting. So last year, it was at the beginning of last November, only 10% of all adults in the U.S. said they had recently come across an ad for Peloton. But by the end of January, that number climbed to 22%. Wow. Yeah, that's huge. As December turned into January, Nordic Track saw a bump. In ad awareness But it was a much Lesser extent They didn't even bother To put what that number was So it was just Lesser extent They probably increased Their ad buy Significantly in December Because of Christmas And the New Year's resolutions Yeah So it stands to reason Like my my guess is And this is the first time I've really even Read about this Buzz score But my guess is They probably get A slight bump Every December You would think But it doesn't say That SoulCycle And Flywheel did well, they're probably not running campaigns in the same way. Well, they should be. But but Nordatrack, their entire business model is to sell you equipment, so they have to be on TV. Okay, to, yeah, to, that's fair. To, to sell you a piece of equipment. That's fair. Good point. Good yeah. point. Well, um, th- it goes on to say that consumers are open to buying Peloton when next in the exercise equipment. Uh, they are going to be between the ages of 18 to 49. That's 60 percent. That's above what they're saying for uh, age 50 and above, which is 40 percent. So I thought that was interesting because I would have thought it was more in the 40s range, like just in that 40, not necessarily 18 to 49. Right. I would have thought it would have been like 25 to 49. 18 to 49 is a very Large age demo normally you see Like 18 to 34 you see 25 49 like you, you really like an 18 year old and a 49 year old Very have, different have virtually nothing In common mm-hmm. unless the 49 year old Is very wealthy and he's dating the 18 Year old but um, <laughs> Then they have one thing in common uh, <laughs> They both love his money so like That's a weird age Sell to pull So my guess is that that's probably being 
very much driven by the 25 to 49 end of that I, I would that agree demographic spectrum because if for no other reason then I don't think most 18 year olds are prepared to make a two to four thousand dollar purchase they're just they're not stable in their lives yet they're they're off at college or they just got their first apartment they're not looking for a piece of equipment like that I wouldn't think I, I would agree not in significant numbers so I'm, my guess is if you pulled that 25 to 49 it's probably even higher than 60 percent well the reason I mentioned it is is that consumers interested in buying Nordic track are 50 plus at 54 percent and then 18 to 49 is 46 percent so it's just interesting that like older people would rather have Nordic track I think that's because of the um, familiarity with yeah. Nordic track name it's just been around forever that's, that's exactly what I was going to say is I think that the 50 plus crowd is less likely to have seen a Peloton ad. And I think they're more conservative, lowercase c, not politically. They're more conservative in their purchases, and they probably find comfort with NordaTrack. Because it's been around forever. Because it's been around so long, like Sears or Kmart. Right, uh, right. You know, so it's like, might not be the best road to go down, but I but I understand why they would be in that place. I do too. Mentally. Um, it also says that overall, 78% of consumers interested in purchasing exercise equipment from Peloton say that working out to stay fit is important to them compared to 58% of U.S. adults, all of them. And then nearly four in five, which they said was basically 79%, also say it's important for them to feel attractive, while the same is true for only 65% of all American consumers aged 18 plus. That number fascinates me. Let's drill down on that. Okay. Like 65% of people say that it's important for them to feel attractive. So 35% of people are just like, I give. Yeah. <laughs> I'm but ugly. I mean, it's 18 plus. I'm, so, I'm clocking out. <laughs> but it's 18 plus. Again, that's such a huge number. I mean, there are a lot of people that don't try. <laughs> yeah. I just find it fascinating that like 35% of people have, have like had a conscious moment of like, yeah, I'm not, not going to happen. Not even going to try <laughs> to look attractive. Yeah, it's an interesting statistic. I don't know. It, at the same time, when you're filling out those surveys, you're just sometimes like, whatever. So That's it true. also could mean 35% of people were just uninterested in what they were filling out. Yeah, a lot of that, too. Yeah, it comes down to how they're like, if it's whenever it's like you're going to a news article and they're like, answer this question. I, I, I make a, a point of not reading the question and just picking one before I answer. I agree. Like I'm not giving you any data that's worth anything to you. I don't do that in all cases, but in the ones where they make you choose right. before you can read the article. Yes. yes. Those and people can go straight to hell and I'm going to tell you wackadoodle stuff. St. Louis Post Dispatch. Yes, we're looking at you <laughs> sideways. <laughs> So that is interesting And we shall see what happens to those numbers As time goes on I'm sure we'll hear more and more of That Peloton keeps rising to the top Or at least that's what I expect Peloton has a new challenge type For the month of they March They do, they do So in the past it's always been about like a streak Well it hasn't always been about a streak But it's usually some kind of strength, like a streak Like how many days in the month did you work out Oh I or, thought like people were supposed to ride naked No Okay. Um, or it'll be like a, how many how many weeks in a row? And for the challenges that have been so far, it's been okay. So you have to have a certain number of miles to get certain awards, if you will. This is different because it's all about the output. So to get a medal, at least a bronze, you have to have at least three thousand output. 
And so your outfit could be from anything because right. it could be your yoga. It could be literally anything. The interesting thing about this is I saw a lot of crabby posts about it. Why are they crabby? They're crabby because they're like, oh, it's too easy. And this really irritated me because there are so many different bikes. I mean, some people can do a 45 minute ride and get a thousand output. Right. Some of us, that would be me, get 300. So yeah, you're right. You're going to, you're going to nail that in three days. Okay. But I'm not. And even if I was, who cares for somebody brand new, that's still a great way to keep them motivated to get a badge. And remember, that's just your bronze badge. That's not, that's not for getting the gold. So if you're motivated by that type of thing, then have Having a larger output is going to have a larger effect. And I personally think that the the tread doesn't have the same difference in calibration. You know, it's like the speed is the speed. It's always going to be the speed. So there might be slight variations, but it doesn't feel like it's as much of a kind of variation as there is on the bike. So if you're using the tread a lot, the output would be more consistent. And personally, I get a much higher output on the tread than I do on the bike. So there's a lot of people that say the opposite. They're like, the tread's so hard. I don't get a very big output. Well, I think your your bike is jacked. I think that <laughs> I think that you have a way easy bike compared to my bike. And so that's not a bad thing. As long as you're the one using it and you're tracking your own fitness, who cares? Right. There are people that are upset about this. And I found that interesting. Well, there's always people upset. I know. <laughs> I know. There's always people upset about things. I agree. But uh, I saw people it, I saw people that don't usually complain about challenges complaining about the challenge. Gotcha. And they also think of themselves as very serious athletes. And so they take it seriously. But, uh, you know, it was pointed out in one group. I saw that that, you know, not everybody rides their bike or gets on the tread. You know seven times a week like some of us Do and there's that's not average Here's the thing just like the Marketing guy in me uh, looks At this and says these challenges Are designed to Keep people engaged yes and If you're gonna crush 3000 Output you're engaged like they You know like that's a good point you've already Checked the box right so like they're not They're not as not that they're not Concerned about you but they're not As concerned about are you Gonna stick around when your subscription is Up because if you Can if you can crush 3000 output You're clearly riding a lot or Running a lot and you and you enjoy it and You've you've kind of established that You're a, a P1 user As we would say in radio and that You're you know you're not going anywhere and like these I think are designed more for Well the, I think that's the thing they yeah. want They want Peloton to design challenges For sure. them and the the Problem if you will with that is that The person who you know getting On the bike or getting on the tread Is an accomplishment in and of Itself and there are lots of people like that I used to be one of them myself right. that, that Like that is an accomplishment and if You have this goal that's so Unattainable that you know You can't even touch it well, you, you're now you're just demotivated. It works right. the opposite You've way. Completely discouraged the the beginning, the beginner or the intermediate user if these things are completely out of reach. Yeah, and so I don't see that changing anytime soon yeah. because of that. But for what it's worth, that's how people feel about it. Well, here's something that Peloton's done that I don't think people could complain about. Famous last words. Yeah, for real. They have introduced a pretty cool feature. It is a very cool feature. Yeah. Yeah, I I absolutely love it. So if you haven't seen, and I don't know how you could miss it, uh, you can now love or note or or save tracks that you're listening to on any of your rides. So rides or runs, because it's on the tread and the bike. And uh, then if that weren't cool enough, it 
automatically migrates into your Apple Music or Spotify account. So you just have to go in and connect it and then boom, it shows up in your Spotify and then you can take that and make playlists from it. So that's pretty flipping cool. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. I, I, and I love it. I, I can't imagine someone would not love this feature. Like, I mean, and if you don't love this feature, it doesn't do anything negative to it, you. So, it doesn't. It's, yeah. um, you know, some people don't like things like the high five feature because it's distracting or it's happening too much. But this isn't distracting at all because either it just it just pops up when the track comes on the right. listing and you can you can just heart it then. And if, if you're like halfway through a song and it's not up on your screen, you can just, you know, hit the little music icon and it pops up. To that point, I don't I, I don't know that it comes up on live music, live rides right. or live runs. I haven't had a chance to try it since it just came out yesterday. I did use it on. Uh, I took my FTP test today and I used it and I, I've already loved three songs. And it's <laughs> like, this is going to change my Spotify experience dramatically. Totally. So Spotify ought to be given Peloton a thank you because this is going to be I will be able to use Spotify in a much more meaningful way. Because I don't have time to sit down and make like playlists like a That's lot of people do. Complaint. That is my huge complaint when with Spotify. I, when I'm like, you'll love Spotify. It's great. You're like, yeah, it's too much work. It is. Yeah. It's so labor intensive. So this is going to be so much better because it's like, boom, I like it. Just save it in my little playlist. And so then I'll have this whole big playlist that I can play and it'll just keep going forever. So I'm <laughs> super excited about it. And I'm sure somebody out there will complain, but whatever. They probably complain about everything. <laughs> Overall, I think it's an amazing, it's an amazing add-on. And uh, from what I can tell, no, you cannot use it on the website or the app for now. This is only on the actual equipment. That's all I can tell that it works on. Gotcha. And we had a homecoming information dump this week. We did. Uh, I'm really excited about this. Um, so there's going to be three new homecoming exclusive workouts. On Friday, you get to do a live running experience in an exclusive New York City uh, route. And it's going to be 3.1 miles. So a 5K. Uh, it does not say that you get to run with an instructor. It just says you get to run with the other people in your community. So unclear. And then on on Saturday, there's live yoga. Again, that does not mention whether or not there's an instructor. It just says that you get to do it with your community. Uh, so a little unclear there. Uh, and then on Sunday, there's going to be a strength-inspired workout led by two instructors. That's the only one that specified instructors. So make of that what you will. Uh, now, the interesting thing is I've had a lot of people ask me, is this going to be in addition to the one workout you get to choose? Because they said in the original email that came out, they said you get to pick one tread or bike workout. The answer is I honestly don't know. Right. Um, I interpreted it to mean that it was in addition to, but I'm not sure. And so I don't want to mislead anybody. Yeah. That is not known at this time. You would uh, think, though, I mean, if they're running... Outdoors Yeah but if there's 2,000 people coming I don't even Understand how you Corral 2,000 people I mean I know That they have races That do that Right But like They shut down Streets and shit For that I don't know That they can do that In New York City However Peloton has a lot of pull So hey I really don't know And maybe it's going to be like It's going to be um, in shifts Like maybe you pick and it's like A hundred people at a time do it all day And that's why they don't mention the instructor part Of it I honestly don't know I could see It going a number of different ways But it does say to keep watching your email uh, For additional information Uh, They said that next up is going to Be member lounge exclusives They're going to talk about what that schedule is going to look Like so keep your eyes peeled for that 
And make sure that you mark your calendars for April 2nd at noon Eastern, because that is when you get to sign up for your class. Last year, it happened in March. So this will be closer to the event. And I really want to I want to stress this. Pass the date that you can return your homecoming ticket. (laughs) So homecoming, if you're not going or you're not sure, you can't sign up until after the deadline has passed for you to bow out. Gotcha. Now, having said that, there's probably always going to be somebody that wants your ticket. So I wouldn't freak out about that. But I just want to make it clear because some people have not been realizing that. For what it's worth, um, I think it's going to be amazing. I think it's going to be in addition to Peloton has always done a great job about uh, exceeding expectations. And I fully expect this event to be the same way. So we'll see. Can't wait. Me either. Well, you probably can't wait more than I can't wait. Yeah, because I'm actually excited about all those workouts. (laughs) I'm just excited about going to New York. (laughs) I'll meet you at the end of the route (laughs) Deal And there is just a slew of Past guest updates There is There is tons Uh, So we've got a lot of Really cool people That have been on the podcast And so they're always Doing cool things A group of men In the JSS tribe They're kind of a subgroup And they call themselves Jen's men And they had their own HRI This past weekend And uh, they went in To surprise Jen Sherman And they also Gave her A calendar That featured A bunch of pics Of her With her famous quotes And Pictures of the men So like they all posed In all these great Like these great poses And stuff It's hilarious Very entertaining We will post the link To buy the calendar uh, At facebook.com Slash the clip out And the reason That I'm bringing it up In this portion of the show Is because so many Of Jen's men Have been on the clip out (laughs) There's Dave Cohen uh, Stephen Pitts Fred Walker, Ben Shermer Big Tom Which is Tom Jenkins Jason Rosenberg Howie And then Jonathan Bradlow Tons of people That Really had a lot of fun And uh, I took this class I wasn't able to take it live But I did take it on demand And wow What a blast It was so full of energy The guys were all Having so much fun And it became A sing-along ride Because Jen had All these great songs (laughs) It was one of her Mixtape rides And all the guys Were singing at the top Of their lungs And it was just a blast And also special shout out To Cassandra Pitts Because I understand She did a lot of the layout For the calendar If not all So that was really cool What you guys did Congratulations And there's some pretty cool News with Megan Yarnell Yes I'm so proud of her So Megan was highlighted In Global Genes Which is an alliance For rare diseases And she was highlighted As a rare leader uh, For her work With Show Me Your Genes And that's the organization That she started That was inspired By her daughter That has special needs Right And uh, Liam Schaefer syndrome So it is so cool That she was recognized For this And that her organization Was highlighted it's we're very proud of you, Megan. Absolutely. Congratulations. And then the Mills. <laughs> well, half the Mills. Okay. It's just John. Well, you know what? She tolerates him doing that. Yeah, that's so true. That's true. She gets credit. She does. Yeah. She absolutely gets credit. Uh, <laughs> so John Mills started an awesome, fun new YouTube channel where he is sharing all of his parody videos for all of the instructors that he has done. Um, it's absolutely amazing. You must watch it. It is. It's called Run, Lift, and Live. And of course, we'll post a link out on Facebook.com slash the clip out. But it's hilarious and It's probably a great place too to archive them all Because he's done so many at this point If you've missed any or if you're new And, you, <laughs> and there's a lot of things you haven't seen Or maybe you skipped by him because you didn't really You weren't as involved in Peloton yet And you're yes. just like what does any of this mean Or I don't get these jokes 
and now it's been a year and now now you might get it Maybe in a different way yeah totally so <laughs> yeah but, my favorite is the newest one with the just sims that's my favorite at the hospital oh it's great <laughs> <laughs> he is he is john mills is truly talented with the videos i i my hat's off to him great job every time he posts a new one i'm like oh Please don't be us. Please don't be us. Well, we're not. We're not instructors. <laughs> okay, so he, he only does he only instructors. Does instructors. Yeah. Phew. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. We're safe. <laughs> so I saw an interesting article in the Washington Post this week. I feel very, very grown up saying that. Yeah. I was uh, perusing the Washington Post this week. <laughs> saw an interesting article. Well, tell us about this article, Tom. So it's about, uh, and it's not Peloton specific. Yeah. But it's about. Uh, fitness trackers yeah and uh and i'm sure a disproportionately large number of our audience oh uses a fitness tracker there's no doubt yeah we and we like our technology totally yeah (laughs) and so this article was all about how companies are starting to use it to track their employees what do you mean track I mean exactly what I said They're tracking the employees They're they're monitoring their their steps And their heart rates and, and all of that The same information you get from a fitness tracker They're getting from a fitness tracker Interesting and, Yeah, and so some of this is driven by Fitbit they're, they're, It says they're moving aggressively to sign up companies And that the employees a lot of times Are either given like Cash rewards for if they hit their step goals Our company did this Yeah They stopped doing it But for like two years There was There was like a reward That you could get I think it was like $60 Toward a Fitbit Yeah but uh, How did you give them Just full access to your Fitbit Or did you have to just show them That you did it You logged in If I remember correctly They had like a a connection so you logged into your Fitbit account so I guess right. they did get access to everything yeah well so th- this is talking about how you know a, a lot of times the employees might also get like a deduction in their a reduction in their premiums oh if they agree to this interesting and that then the company will actually step in and be like hey and there's you know it, there's you know anecdotes in the article about you know guy at a company his boss comes to him and says hey you know, you only been doing 2,000 steps a day and you had a heart attack a year ago and like, you know, you S- might want to literally step it up, literally step it up. Huh. Yeah. And so I don't know how I'd feel about that. Yeah. And the the guy in the article is like, you know, like I, I liked it like the my it, but it's also this particular guy. It's a smaller company and it's his boss is kind of a friend and he's yeah. like hey buddy you know and so it's probably a little different if you're working at like ford or chrysler right um where it's maybe a little bit more impersonal i wonder if they could use it punitively to be like hey you did a workout on company time yeah like i uh, when i was also wondering like you know can they track your movement like yeah like do they know where are they you gonna are? start to know like you know where you're at are you you said you were working from home but i see that you were really at walmart and target Half the day Yeah mm. So yeah <laughs> That's a lot of noises Well I don't I don't like that I mean it's just That's very intrusive Yeah I mean that's kind of like Having a I mean that's That's I feel like it's intrusive To do that to children Right <laughs> Let alone like an employee Getting that Having that done by an employer you Yeah know? that's a lot of data To provide to your To your employer Especially if you're even more so if you're with your employer for a period of 10 or 15 or 20 years, like they're really going to be able to track, you know, your your health journey. And then I don't even you know, I don't know that the article even talks about this, but it also makes me wonder, like, 
if they can track your health journey, at some point they're going to get metrics of this guy's about to have a major medical episode. So maybe we should fire him now. Oh, God. You know, I mean, at some point you're going to get that sort of data that like, oh, here we can see what his movement is. We can see what his heart rate is. We can, you know, and, you know, our actuarial show us that, he, you know, between the ages of 50, the way he's progressing between the ages of 57 and 59, he's 70 percent more likely to have a heart attack. That's going to cost us a lot of money. So out you go. Goodbye. Wow. Yeah, that's a really good point, Tom. Hmm. So. I guess you won't be giving your company your Fitbit data. Well, I'd have to have one. I know. I'm just saying. (laughs) Like, if they were to provide you one, I'm guessing you would would opt out. Well, I just... Yeah, I doubt it. Yeah. I just... But, you know, I work for county government. They're not that forward thinking. No, they're not. So I don't think... You're safe. I don't think I'm in any danger of that occurring anytime soon. (laughs) So, anyway, we'll post a link to that article uh, over at Facebook.com slash the clip out. It is on the Washington Post, so if you don't have a subscription... You know, and, and whatever you do, don't put the URL in an incognito window. That would be wrong. I'm trying to think of that as Washington Post. or they, Either you can put the URL in an incognito window, or if you Google the headline and then click through from Google, it'll let you read it for free. Oh, I It's don't know. really weird the way it works, but at least it used to work like that. I finally broke down and spent the money. So, And your 5K is just around the corner, young it lady. It is. It is March 9th. So we're going to see uh, if if having the tread has improved my endurance. We're going to well, see. I think we know we, it has. Well, yeah. Because you I just mean, took your FTP test. That was on the bike. That has oh, nothing okay. to do with the tread. But it still should improve your... It should. But I mean... Okay, so I've been doing lots of reading about cadence. and Okay, so I am really slow and keep telling everyone that so uh, my cadence my average cadence speed is like when I'm when I'm just like jogging or nice comfortable run it's like 135 138 140 I mean I'm in that range when I'm like all out <laughs> as fast as I can possibly go my average it like it goes up to like 148 <laughs> now they say that like elite athletes every or people who are good at doing marathons shoot for 180. So that's what I'm that's the gap. Gotcha. So, um, yes, I have definitely gotten better, of course, but but I don't know that I've gotten faster significantly. It's only been a few months, though. Sure. That's um, I definitely think that there has been an improvement, but I'm still eager to see what that equates to outside on an actual you know road as opposed to just on the tread. Right. So we will see. So that's going to be March 9th. And, you know, I have to I have to give a shout out to Punk Rob. The, the gentleman who sells all the dragon leggings uh-huh. and other dragon items as well. He had these really cool, they were called McChristen dragon leggings that were ready for St. Patrick's Day. And I contacted Rob and I said, hey, could I get those by March 9th? And he said, probably not. Uh, <laughs> he was like, because I, we're already to the cutoff for St. Patrick's Day. But uh, let me go through my personal stash and see if I can find another pair that you like. And uh, not only did he do that, but he sent them to me immediately. And he sent me one of his cool chasing dragon books. And he sent me a ton of stickers. So uh, if you're ever like, huh, should I try out those dragons? Like, is that is it a good customer service oriented business made from a Peloton person who also loves Peloton as much as I do? Yes. Yes, it is. Not only are you getting very cool designs that are unlike anything else out there, but it's by Rob and he's just a really cool person. And I like that. You know, it's not it's nice that there are genuinely cool people in the world. And Rob is one of them. So if you don't know 
Punk Rob. Go check him out. And it's also Robert Brinker is how you can find him on Facebook if you can't find Punk Rob. It's it's Rob with two Bs and it's no space between Punk and Rob. And you got another new outfit? I did. But Tom, it was a road rider kit and I've never had one. <laughs> so it's like it's it's the it's the road rider Peloton group. They had their their kit that they make every year. They right. get design. And I have a road bike now, so I kind of was obligated to get one. Oh, is that how that works? Yeah, I mean I love Peloton and I I, I have <laughs> I have a, a road bike now. So I was obligated to try this and so they they ordered they had custom Kits made from Jack Roo. I think that's how you say it. And um, so I ordered one. They had this great sale that like if they had a certain number of orders up front, you could get them. And I got in on that because I was like, if I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it as cheap as possible. So I did. And uh, I'm super excited because it, it showed up this week and it fits. And I can't wait to wear it on my road bike. So I'm hoping in April when we do the heel and crank duathlon right. in April, maybe it'll be warm enough to wear. And if it's not, maybe I can just wear like the top. With some black leggings or something We'll see But I'm super excited Super excited So Road Rider crew did a great job designing it Love it Checking in with the Peloton community So uh, joining us today via skype phone is Jeff King Hey Jeff, how's it going? Good, good How are you guys doing? Good. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. We're we're excited. This is a different take on uh, the Peloton story. So I'm absolutely, excited. yeah. I hope so. I'm glad to be here. Um, I've listened to a lot of podcasts. I'm a fan. I'm a little starstruck now. Just actually talking <laughs> to you guys on the phone. Oh my gosh, I'm starstruck. So I'm talking to somebody that can actually like ride a real bike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tom told me that I should get tips from you because um, I just recently got clipless pedals and I can't go. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, you mean you haven't used them yet or because it's winter or that you just can't get in or out of them no i mean i tried to take off and um my bike fell over because i have no balance and i and like there's something about like trying to go and i'm looking down and then like i try to get my other foot up and in there and then i fall it's it's horrible (laughs) that's actually probably one of the most common questions i get first of all is people ask how can they because i i've worked in bike shops a lot of my life too i don't anymore but growing up i worked in bike shops and built bikes and um people always ask you know how should i upgrade my bike and they're thinking do i need to buy a seven thousand dollar you know carbon fiber like 14 pound road bike yeah what kind of pedals do you have and they say well just platform pedals and i say well (laughs) get some clipless pedals that's the that's the best upgrade you can make on your bike but they do take getting used to sometimes people will sit along a wall and kind of practice clipping, clipping in and out. But you've been on a Peloton bike, so you know how they work. It's just, it's just getting both in while moving. Yeah, it's, it's the coordination yeah. that I have a yeah. problem with. <laughs> yeah. I've struggled with mine on the Peloton bike because I do most of my classes in the morning and it's pitch dark in the basement. Oh, and so yeah. I'm kind of like swinging my foot around trying to find the pedal. Um, I think <laughs> I should be able to do this by now, but I, I can't find the pedals when it's you pitch know, dark. That's got to bring people... A lot of comfort. Yeah. So many like that. That's such like a reoccurring theme on the OPP is people like, you know, the shoes. They just left the shoes clipped in. They have so much they, oh, they really? struggle with that oh, so much funny. Well so so Jeff's not on Facebook so he probably Hasn't oh, okay. seen those pictures yeah. but like I mean it happens almost every time That you see a new rider they like they're like Embarrassed because they're like I have no idea How to get my shoes off of this thing and so they yeah. just Leave their shoes connected to the bike Because they don't they're know what else to do in there. Yeah. 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 So to hear someone who has, has Ridden bikes at your level <laughs> as They will find out soon it, it has a similar Struggle 
that's, yes. that's got to make people feel better. Yeah, I, I would say any cyclist, even when you're watching the Tour de France, has at one point early in their career fallen over because they couldn't get out of their pedals. I mean, um, that's that's good to hear. <laughs> yeah, they may not admit it, like if you pass Lance Armstrong, but I'm sure he's I'm sure he's done it a few times. Well, I, I, I find it hard to believe that Lance Armstrong would lie to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good call. Good call. <laughs> you take that back, sir. <laughs> Uh, okay, so so I mean, as we've alluded to, you used to be a professional bike racer. So how did you decide to do that? Like, how does one just how does that even happen? Yeah, so I'll try to keep it short. Um, I was really into other sports growing up, mainly basketball, tennis, cross country running. This is in high school when I was you know fifteen, sixteen. And I was at my grandmother's birthday party. Um, she was turning 80. I, I have a black sheep uncle in my family who's we always kind of <laughs> has bad ideas. And <laughs> he had he had lost his license um, with several DUIs. So it was getting to work on a bike. And so I sat next to him at the birthday party, which my family kind of tried to get me away from him because they thought he would corrupt me. But um, he, he, his advice was that I should get a bike and start racing. And it was kind of, I never even thought about it. Didn't really know what the sport of cycling was, but it just kind of landed. So then when I got home, figured out, you know, how to borrow money from my parents, raise money for my job. And I bought a road bike and pretty much instantly just wanted to race, um, which is probably a mistake because it takes a while to get competent on a bike, just training wise. <laughs> I mean, I'd been running cross country, but so I just started entering races, really wasn't doing that well, but just stuck with it and, you know, just got better over a year. Um, went to, you know, they have what's called the Junior National Championships, which is for people under 18. I went to that a couple times. Um, and then I went to college at a small school in Pennsylvania to play basketball and almost immediately real, realized that I just was over basketball and wanted to pursue bike racing. So I, um, this was another kind of contentious point in my family. I just, I just dropped out of college and just walked into the admission admissions dropped out came home on um for thanksgiving break and told my parents i dropped out um the plan that i had which wasn't acceptable to my parents but i was going <laughs> to move to boulder colorado because at the time there was this magazine called velo news it you know it was before internet and it was really just the source for cycling news yeah and it was all about boulder colorado as being the capital um of bike racing. So I just packed my stuff up and moved to Boulder, got a job, um, got into school there and just kept racing. Um, it just was, you know, went from riding 150 miles a week to 300 miles a week to 450, 500 miles a week. And just, and just for a few years and just got better, um, was on the university of Colorado team. Um, there's collegiate cycling where there's some hot spots around the country that have good teams like Stanford, Florida. There's some in the Midwest. And so I was captain of the team my senior year and we won the national championship. And I, you know, was selected for the all American team and kind of leveraged that into a team in Belgium that I could ride for. Um, Belgium at the time was, um, more open to international riders. Um, you didn't need a work visa that a lot of countries required and you could just go and join. If you, if you could get on a team, you could just go and start racing. Um, it was, um, 
you know, it was a lot of fun, but it was very different because racing bikes in the U.S. is very much like kind of a middle class, the upper middle class sport. I mean, you have to buy a bike, you have to travel around the country, pay race entry fees. So it's really not that cheap. And yeah. in Europe, almost immediately, I realized it was seen as a really low level sport for people who didn't have other options in their life. It's the, the best analogy I could use. It's, it's kind of like boxing. Boxing is not super popular in the suburbs. Um, it's right, more of an urban right. sport. And in Europe, um, you were really looked down on if you were a bike racer, but it was a way that you could make money without any education. My team director, this Belgian guy, he spoke pretty good English, and he would just call me college boy. And he would always <laughs> ask me, like, like, why are you doing this? Like, you went to college. You don't have to do this. And I thought, you know, but I, I want to. I love this. And the issue was it's very different racing against people who are doing it for trophies and prestige and and some prize money. And it's another thing racing against people who are doing it to buy food. Yeah, to and eat. To take, yeah, to take care of themselves. So the aggression in, in Belgium. And it, the race there was just deep. Um there were just so many good riders. Like I used to go, if I went to a race in the U.S., say like California or Arizona, there's 100 people in the race. You really could look around and there's like 20 that have a chance to win that race. Um, yeah. Whereas in Europe, it, it felt like it was about 80 deep. You know, oh. guys were good. Um, in Belgium, so f first of all, I, I was a sprinter. Um, so other people who are cyclists might understand what that means. So I'm a, a bigger rider. Um, I wasn't a mountain climber. Um, I, my job in a race was to hold on for dear life into the, to, these races were about 80 to 110 miles long. And then if we were like had five or 10 miles to go and the race was still together, meaning nobody was off the front, like no breakaways, my team would go come get me in the field, in the Peloton and pull me to the front. And then it was just an all out drag race. The last 500, 400 meters, um, between me and the other team sprinters. So you see like these French and Belgian and German sprinters. And it was just a full on drag race to the, to the end of the race. You probably wow. see if you've ever watched the tour de France, not all races end with one guy solo. A lot of times they end in a drag race. So every, it's like a bass player in a band, like, like not everybody wants to be that person, but every band needs one. Right. Gotcha. We're a sprinter. Not everyone wants to be the sprinter, but Every team needs one just in case the race comes down to that situation. Interesting. God, how I mean, it's also like you still you still had to do the, the eighty five, one hundred and ten yeah, miles. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not like a, it's, it's a, almost sounds like like a relief pitcher, except you didn't get to sit on the bench the whole day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what it sounds like. It's like weren't you all exhausted so by the time you got? How there? does that work? <laughs> like what what is different about you that you're like? Oh, I still have. Energy. I still have gas in the tank. I'll yeah. go balls out. That was just training um, because I, I naturally was a good sprinter. Um, like I could, you know, those. Uh, not to jump around too much, but with like the Peloton bike, you could yeah. see the power output. Yeah. Um, I can usually, like on a normal bike, I can get my wattage to like fourteen hundred, sixteen hundred. What? And, and on a Peloton bike, I've tried to do that a couple of times, but it starts to slip at 1200. Like the magnets don't, um, it, it, they won't allow you to go that hard. Holy so at, crap. Like, <laughs> yeah. So the art of training. So that's all the sprinting. Cause it's, it's just about like full gas for 
20 seconds. So wait, um, you're that you're that guy at the top of the leaderboard on the Peloton that we're all like, how did he do that? Yeah, you're- I don't pay. We'll get to that in a second. Okay. But, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so training wise, cycling, the, it's really hard for a sprinter to train. A lot of the cyclists say, oh, you don't really need to be good at anything other than sprinting. But you have to be able like I would still be doing 100, 120 mile days just so I could get to the finish line. Yeah. So then in a race, I would usually hide in the field because um, when you're in a group of cyclists, the majority of the energy you is used is to break the wind. So if you're behind people that are breaking the wind, you use 30 for 40% less energy. So I was never floating around the side or screwing around at the front of the race. I was kind of hiding in the middle. Just so, I, and then when I'd see, you know, I'd look at my watch, and we're like three and a half hours into the race, and it's like, okay, that's probably about, you know, ninety miles. Like, it's it's probably time they're going to come get me soon. Um, so yeah, so you had to train for that level of endurance, but I wasn't like naturally gifted at endurance. I was always sort of a, it's 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 like another way to look at it. It's like if you took all track and field athletes, mm-hmm. and you made the like the two hundred meter runner get to the end of a marathon because then he's going to win that marathon if he's at the front with the leaders. But the hard part is getting to the end of the race with the leaders. Yeah, yeah. that sounds so, like it. So how long were you doing this before you could say something like break the wind without giggling? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if I've ever even thought of it that way. Thanks. <laughs> we're just wired differently. <laughs> In the same yeah. way when you said Boulder, Boulder, Colorado, my 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 ears perked and I'm like the home of Mork and Mindy. It yes. is very yeah. much. Yeah. Yep, different yeah. skill set there. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I'll never be able to forget that, Tom. Thanks. <laughs> now he's going to giggle from now on. Yes, yeah. and they're going to be like, "Come on, dude, you've been doing this for twenty yeah, years." Yeah, what the hell. <laughs> So I have a question about the business of this is um, like it doesn't it's not a sport that really lends itself to spectators. So where are they getting the revenue from for them to have this many races? Yeah, I got I I can answer that question. Um, It's very hard in the U.S. because the model is tickets. Right. um, And you can't really buy tickets. Yeah. and it's really hard to get sponsorship because, in the in, again, in the U.S., it's not that popular sport. So people don't really want to sponsor a team or a race that nobody's going to watch. Yeah, if it's not uh, televised, then it's, the sponsorship is pointless. Yeah. yeah. Belgium cycling is the second most popular sport really? behind every, the most popular sport, soccer. Um, so it is well attended, the races. Um, they would do these... Um, they, they called them kermesses, which were races that would start at a bar or some, and it would be like a carnival festival going on. And so we were part of the entertainment oh. and there was a lot of gambling and betting. So people were sometimes buying tickets to get to the race, but also just part of the bar. So we would, at the start of the race, they would have a chalkboard with like bet odds on the riders um, uh, and people would bet. And and that was part of the revenue. So I started doing a little. I was never great over there, but I started doing a little bit better. So I I still have some betting sheets with my name on them. <laughs> but sometimes these and the guys were just. I mean, let's call it what it is. These guys were just drunk, you know. Cause it was <laughs> and they would come up to me and start 
you know, grabbing my legs or poking my ribs to see, you know, to try to figure out how fit I was and speaking oh to God. me in Flemish like I could understand. And it's and, like you're it's like you're a horse. Yeah. yeah. And just like just with a like an overflowing beer and stumbling <laughs> and like betting. And so it was a much and as we were riding, I mean, there were so the races would kind of leave the city and race and then you keep coming back through the city that kermess style there's all different kinds of races but i'm just talking about the kermess um and so you'd come through like 14 15 times so they would see you and literally if you were getting towards the back they would throw beer at you and um scream at you they knew the word tourist and that was like the biggest insult <laughs> they could call somebody it's like you're called tourist tourist as you're riding by um so yeah it was it's a much bigger scene out there um and so that that afforded the teams to you know get money um yeah when, when we would show up for a race they would just hand us an envelope of cash and then to start and then if we did well then we'd go get our prize money so you you could actually make a living you know doing it wow so it's 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 very different in a lot of ways then i mean it just just the entire atmosphere how you make your money is different um and it sounds like you i mean when when tom said like it's almost like you were a horse it's also like they kind of worked you like that like if you were having that many races did you even have time to like rest and recover was that even a thing yeah um no the the, the races were so hard like any race was at least 80 miles and some of the races out of the country were around 120 and these things would go I mean, we flew, it was like 25 to 30 miles an hour. And so they're just exhausting. So when you're not, and they want us to race like four or five times a week. And yeah, so there was, there was no training over there. You're just racing. And then when you weren't racing, we were just laying on the couch watching Euro MTV and (laughs) getting ready to race. And I'm glad I did it and I learned a lot, but it was not like a fun experience. Um, You know what it sounds, you know what it reminds me a lot of is um, the Beatles when they would play in Germany, like part of the reason the Beatles got so good is because they were, they were playing these, these bars in Germany, in Germany where they would have to play for eight and 10 hours a night. (laughs) And so it's like they got, you know, and like when they would tour, once they were a big deal in the States, like one of the reasons you didn't see more bands touring at that level is because the bands couldn't hear themselves. They didn't hadn't invented like modern concert stuff. They didn't have monitors and stuff. And so like the Beatles could still sound like a real group because they just had the muscle memory because they had played together and played those songs so many times and and like it, it it really sounds very similar to where like you said like it wasn't training because you were doing it every day there you didn't have to train because you were constantly competing yeah that's um yeah you're just trying to recover whenever you can and yeah. like another example was um there's a lot of cobblestone roads that they would send us through again it was stupid because there were roads that weren't cobblestone but the the spectators liked watching us plow through these cobblestone <laughs> oh. roads that would oh just God. would really beat you up. But then if it rained, those, those stones get really slick. So, mm. um, like coming into a hard corner, this guy closed the door, um, closing the door means like someone just cuts in front of you. Oh. And so you, there's nowhere for you to go. You just go over your handlebars. And so I crashed, um, on the cobblestones. And so the right side of my body was all like ground beef and bruised. And, 
so I went home. The director was mad that I'd crashed. And then the next day, um, as punishment, he wanted me to race again. But I said, oh. look, I can't even get these shorts on. Like, they're, like I'm completely beat up. And, and he just, you know, he just had to race. So um, that's, it, it's not a – when you're over there, it's, it's really a job. Um, and it's not always like a warm, you know, fuzzy job. Right. So how do you get from there to the like, what's the next level? How do you get there? Um, so the races I did, I, I like to describe it as kind of like minor league baseball. You know, I was never good enough to do the Tour de France or anything like that. Um, but it's so we were getting paid. And so we were considered, you know, pro racers. It just they it was more like minor leagues so if you were okay. doing well the bigger teams would send scouts to the races okay so, so we always knew what race like if we were racing in like um in france and northern france because it's flatter um they um we knew like what team directors were watching um so i was over there in um, 1998 and it was very um, very much in the drug culture of of cycling, mm-hmm. it was when Lance was in. Lance is a few is older than I am, so he was you know more established and racing on a bigger team. Um, but the drugs really were part of the sport. Um, there were different classes of drugs. I mean, if there's doctors listening to this, they're going to roll their eyes. But um, <laughs> what we thought of classes of drugs, meaning like the stimulants, um, amphetamines and other sort of like cortisone, like things that you take orally um, weren't really considered drugs. Yeah, um, like that would be different than something you had to like inject or something. Yeah. And we this was at the time we knew it was what's called EPO, erythropoietin, which increases your red blood cell count. That's like was just coming into into fashion um, and they didn't have tests for it. But the level that I was on, it's they the team directors on the bigger teams didn't like they knew that everyone was taking like amphetamines and other, you know, other types of stimulants to get through these races. Cause you just couldn't survive. I mean, and to put it, so the, the way I, I was taking amphetamines for about a month without knowing it, they, um, the team director, cause these 80, 90 mile races, you can't bring enough food on your bike. Sure. So you have to go through the food zone and grab water and food from your team director. And if we were 70 miles into a race and it looked like it was going to finish in a sprint, I'd collect a bottle from the director and it kind of tasted metallic, um, like there was something in it. Because um, there was. And, <laughs> and, and so, and then you'd feel just really, you couldn't sleep that night because a lot of these races were late in the evening. And I started asking around, you know, like, what is he putting in these bottles? And in French, they call bottles biddens. And so we call them mystery biddens. Like we never really knew what he was putting in them. And that, and then he would say like, Oh, you know, just shut up. They'll help you win races. Don't worry about it. Um, and so it's, it's not really a choice. Yeah. Like what you take. I mean, obviously if you want to go out and get steroids and other things that people were using, that's a, that's a choice that, that I didn't make, but um, they, so the bigger teams, they wanted riders that were doing well, that were racing mostly clean. And when I first heard that, I thought, wow, that means there's some clean teams. And it, it's quite the opposite. It means that they want to collect a rider 
who's been racing on low level stuff. And then when they can get them on the bigger, you know, the bigger program, they know they'll take another jump up. They'll be they really good. Hi- yeah. Yeah. They don't want to hire a guy who's always already using all the stuff. Cause then there's not that step function increase in performance that they can give them. Right. Wow. Like, yeah. You can pump me full of all the performance enhancing drugs you want, but I'm still a short, fat, lazy guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just one that's high now. Like this. <laughs> Yeah, now you just can't sleep at night. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, I, I do think sometimes it's like it's real easy to like to get mad. At, and, and I think it's easier for me because I'm not into sports at all. So you like, don't have any ego so wrapped I, up in yeah, it. Yeah, but it's like, but you know, like I, I heard Lance Armstrong give an interview when he finally started telling the truth uh, a f- few months ago, I think on, on Freakonomics, which is another podcast. I know there oh, are yeah. other podcasts. I don't know if people know that or not, <laughs> but, uh, um, and it, and it was like, you like, I don't feel like he was trying to be like, feel bad for me, but you also like when you hear just the whole culture of it, you're just like, well, well what other choice did you really you have? Either do that or you go home and get a day job. Like yeah. there's, there's no, like if you're going to be the, the, the noble person that's like, I refuse to do that. Then you're also saying, and I quit. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think people were really aware of that at the time. I mean, I don't think like a person who wasn't, Wrapped up in in the the biking community, you know, just the person watching TV and watching the reports had any clue that the culture was like that. There, I, I mean, I certainly yeah, didn't. No, I, and that's I'm I'm really conflicted about Lance, mainly because um I knew what was going on. Right, well, sure. I, I did pack up my stuff and come home after right. a year in Belgium. I just I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, and then people, you know, and I got a job in in finance, and everyone was saying, "Oh, you must love Lance Armstrong. He's so <laughs> amazing." And I never thought he would get busted. I mean, I knew what was going on. I just didn't think he would get busted because um, he was doing such a good job covering up. And I do. Th- and people don't hate Lance because he did drugs. Maybe there are some that do. They, they hate him so smug about it. And he was, I mean, he was just, he would just lie and be like, I mean, he would accuse them of being the villain. Like he, it was, yeah, it yeah. was really, it's gross to look back Is on. Is that what and you he, were going to say? Yeah. And he, and he ruined people's careers. Yeah. Um, oh. if people spoke out. Um, he would go around and make sure that person got fired or sued. Yeah. So he he was, um, there's a darkness to Lance that's, that's beyond just the drugs he was doing. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I'm conflicted about that whole thing. I mean, I was, Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I just, when it was time for, when the season was getting over for me and I realized what it was really like over there, I, I didn't know what to do with my life because I, I put so much into cycling for so long. Right. And I realized this wasn't going to be my career anymore. I could just didn't want it. I couldn't do it. I mean, it's a sport you have to be. It's so hard that you just have to love it so much. And I, I just learned that I, I liked it a lot, but I didn't yeah. just love it like people yeah. did. And I just wasn't willing to suffer for it and sacrifice for it anymore. And when I came back, I just had to sort of reinvent myself as a non cyclist. So, you know, I went a long time without telling anyone that I used to race. When I, I got my first job, when I came back, I never told anyone that I raced bikes because I just didn't want to talk about it. I yeah. couldn't ride my bike. Just thinking about getting on for a bike ride, I would like have a panic attack. I, so I just, I really, really removed myself. I got really good at bowling. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> Were you like a professional bowler? Could you? No, like- I was not a professional bowler, but I just I bowled a lot. Cause I just I, I was just struggling to find what to do. Yeah, um, yeah, it like left this void. I'm sure. Away. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if that if you pour everything you have into something and then walk away from it, I mean, first of all, that's hard. Right. So congratulations for having the guts to do that because a lot of people don't want to cut their losses when they see something's not working. It's like they have all those sunk costs, if you will, and it's really hard to walk away from something like that. So I mean, that takes a certain kind of bravery and to to do that. It's also really hard to justify it when you're kind of in the soup like that that you're just like but this is what it is and everyone else is doing it. So, I mean, I was always surprised that that Lance Armstrong got got taken down just because he was the face of that industry and I mean, there that industry had uh, a, a, a lot of incentive to not let him get taken yeah, down. Yeah, the journalism, the bike industry, the the sport. Yeah, just even just selling bikes in the U.S. Yeah, I mean he was very well protected because he was a a money maker. He's too big to fail. Yeah, too big yeah. to fail. But um, yeah, and that. But I also um, part of the reason he went down, and I don't know if you guys want to transition, but like how I heard first heard about Peloton. Yeah, because um, I I was friends with our, I'm friends with Christian Vandeveld, who um, was a pro racer on Lance's team. He was part of a group of people, riders who testified against him. So he was really why Lance ended up getting busted because the FBI got involved and and talked to his former um former teammates and Christian Vanderbilt is one of them. And Christian, I don't, if you've ever seen these rides on Peloton, they have these pro rides and yeah, Chris, definitely. Christian is one of them. So that's when I first heard about Peloton. It was a, a few years ago, but I just knew that Christian had done this, these online I didn't really know what it was like these spin class, like indoor cycling classes online. I didn't really know what it was, but that was like my first first time i ever heard about peloton yeah because i'm not on facebook or anything so i never heard about it that way um so that was that's when i first heard about it but the first time i ever tried a peloton bike was um one of my best friends lives in boston i live in you know i i moved back i moved around a lot um i you know when i graduated from the university of colorado i lived in london for about four years and was in New York city for six and then Toronto for four and then just moved back to Colorado. Cause my wife got a job in Boulder um, about four years ago. So we've been back in Colorado. Um, but I'm a big basketball fan. Um, that's probably not something we can relate to Tom. I don't <laughs> well, if, if, uh, if we're talking about the Harlem Globetrotters, <laughs> yeah, that too. I, like the then I, can, I can absolutely talk to you about basketball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so I went to Boston cause he had tickets through the sweet 16 in the tournament and Villanova was playing and I just, I couldn't turn that down. So I went and in his apartment, he had a Peloton bike. And so I used it. I used it with, I only had Converse All-Stars. So I did it with a pair of Converse All-Stars on top of the pedals and just took a short class. Um, but I was really impressed with just the quality of the bike. Um, with I'm not like a bike snob or anything, but it has to be a good quality bike because well, yeah. I had done, done other spin classes and kind of like janky um, <laughs> spin bikes that Amen. just don't, don't really work. So when I rode this bike, I thought this thing is, 
I, I, honestly, I know people talk about how expensive it is, but I thought, man, I'm surprised this thing's only two grand. I ended up, um, I'll just say the marketing campaign they did in November, December of last year, 2018, that got me. Um, yeah. I, was wa- I was watching college basketball and they were showing Peloton ads and I decided, so I have a history with my, my wife used to race bikes as well. And she was a really good cyclist and, um, we're both, you know, we have kids now and work and it just became very hard to schedule workouts because our kids are too young to leave home. So uh, we yeah. like every night turned into, are you going to the gym or no, I'll go. So we just really weren't getting the access to exercise that we wanted and um so i just bought a peloton bike for her for christmas um she she does have a she told me directly not to because i kind (laughs) of i i floated the idea that i should we should get one i'd like it and she just said no do not get a peloton bike but i look back over the last 10 years and I've gone against her a couple times. Like <laughs> I thought we should get cross country skis and she didn't want to get cross country skis. So I got them anyway and, and she loves them. And now she just wants to cross country ski all winter. Um, <laughs> she, she didn't moving back to Boulder after living in big cities for a long time. Um, it was a hard adjustment to come back to Boulder. Cause I was used to being in like New York and Toronto and just the kind of exercise I was doing, I was doing like CrossFit and all indoor type stuff. Um, but I wanted to, kind of become more Colorado. So I went, you know, got camping equipment and so I got smoking weed. uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to jump right past that. Um, Understood. Hey, it's not um, a crime there. So so she wanted, she didn't want a mountain bike. And so underneath the Christmas tree that year, there was a mountain bike and now she loves it and she rides. So, I had a conversation with my nine-year-old daughter. I was saying, look, your mom directly told me not to get a Peloton bike like three times. What do you think I should do? And she said, ah, I think you should just get it anyway. So I just, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I mean, got what are you going to do? The nine-year-old up. told you to, yeah. you had really no choice. <laughs> yeah. And, and she loves it. Um, she uses it, you know, five, six days a week. I use it uh, other than I had the flu last week, so I couldn't, I'm still recovering from that, but uh. um, been riding a lot. And we have, um, so I have two young daughters, one that's eight and one that's 10. They both use the Peloton bike. And then after a couple of weeks, uh, just her brother in Wisconsin got a Peloton bike and her other brother in San Francisco got one. So now the three of us kind of text about riding the Peloton. And I didn't even realize they had this chat feature, the video chat. But <laughs> we were on it and all, and it said like my 10-year-old daughter was on it. And it said, you know, one of your um, whatever it says contacts or friends is riding too. Do you want a video chat? So we hit it and it popped up and I, he almost fell off the bike. <laughs> it popped up. He's like, what? Did I see you guys? And he thought it was like his phone. I like, he was so confused and he was riding. He's like, why are you on my screen? Why are you on my screen? And we were laughing. So you know, it's, um, it's also funny. Cause we've always been like, who has the energy and the breath to talk on video? Ch- it's people pro like pro writers. It's people like you. <laughs> You guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. So we, um, it, you know, it's become very much like a family thing for us now. Um, and, and I really like it. Um, it's, it's just efficient. People ask me how it's different than riding outside. Um, it's, 
the the flywheel you know that moves your legs around it makes the workout much more efficient so you can get i i really think it's two to one if you ride 45 minutes on a spin bike that's really like an hour and a half two hours outside of like equivalent exercise what makes it what what makes it like more efficient than riding on a on a road bike not riding downhill, not stopping at lights, not okay. freewheeling. Gotcha. Um, you're just like going. You're, the yeah, it's constantly. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it, you're just in constant motion, and it's it's just a, it's a very more compact workout. Um, I mean, it would be hard to do 45 minute spin classes and then go out and try to ride a 120 mile race, but because there's just a the volume aspect, but. Um, it is, it's a super, super efficient workout and just where we are in our lives now. I don't really race or anymore. I always had this theory that if you want to race, go put a number on your back and race bikes. So the leaderboard is always off on my bike. I don't, oh, you, you don't even look at it. I, I like occasionally see like where I am, um, at the end of a ride, but I don't pay attention to leaderboard. I don't need to be racing. Where are some, you? <laughs> he's at the top he's at the, i know he is because he said he had 1200 output and yeah, lots I, don't, at a time. I don't hold that for 45 minutes obviously but yeah if if i go do a hard workout i'll probably be in like the top 10 or yeah or, or so just, just yeah. to put that in perspective like i was doing a power zone max ride the other day and i was all out like for me, I was all out, and I I was so proud of myself because I cracked 350 watts nice. <laughs> for like That's 10 good. seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. mean, so you're really freaking strong, is what I'm yeah. saying. Well, yeah, it's so much history. I mean, I mean, the reason we got the bike is that um, I was just, uh, not to offend you, Tom, but I was like full on Tom over the summer. Um, <laughs> no, I own it. I, I understand. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've made my peace with it. He's very comfortable with himself. Yeah, yeah I was just really busy at work and just wasn't exercising and it's one of those things was like wow my i think someone's shrunk my pants and my (laughs) um and so i knew i needed to do something to try to get back in shape so i'm just trying to get like back to some level of fitness right now yeah um but I, i do have a history in cycling so um and also i'm a bigger rider because being a sprinter and really outdoor cycling is all about power to weight the trap that people can get into is thinking that every workout's a race um, and just going flat out and collapsing on the bike every time. That's really um, that works for a short period of time. Um, you're better off for longer term fitness to have rides where you just ride and get a good workout, but you're not just gunning it all the time. So for like newer riders, I would say, like, don't kill yourself on every ride. Like do that twice a week if you want just turn the leaderboard off every once in a while and just get a good ride in. And, um, I, I would say I've, I jump around a lot between instructors. I haven't really, um, picked one that I re- just have to ride with. You know, I yeah. like Jennifer Jacobs. I like Dennis. Helpers is good, but I've really done a ride with pretty much everyone. But that's it. We're an alley love house. Okay. Um, my daughters and my wife love alley love. So, um, I've taken a couple classes from her, but every time my daughters are on the bike, it's always alley love. There's something about her that they really like. Um, but the stuff that Matt says really makes a lot of sense because he does one of the advantages of power training, power zone training is it does you resist just the gunning it all the time and you're just working on 
you know, just building fitness slowly. Um, that's really a newer thing. Cause when I was racing bikes outside, there were no power meters and they exist now yeah. on outdoor bikes, but we had heart rate monitors and no power. Um, so the, so power zone training is a newer thing, but I, I actually think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I I love the power zone training. I mean, it's incredibly effective. It's the only downside to it for me is that we only have a couple of instructors that do it. And and I love Matt Wilpers and I love Dennis, but I love all the instructors. And so I want to ride with them. And so it's like I'm constantly torn between do I do I focus on what's going to get me the best results or do I focus on just having fun? And it's really hard to balance, especially right now because I'm doing power zone challenge. So I'm like four of my rides per week are all power zone and i'm trying to run in addition to that so it's like i i'm just not getting the you know the variety of instructors that i'm used to it's driving me nuts <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i hear you um the um the, the the hardest rides i've done are the um what's her name jennifer jacobs the climb rides oh yeah. Hard. yeah have you done the 90 minute climb that she did she's done a couple of them now but uh ooh. no i did a couple 90 minute rides with matt wolpers um yeah i did a 75 minute climb ride with jennifer jacobs yes that was pretty, i did that like a week and a half ago that was pretty hard Yes, I haven't done the 75 minute, but I did the the 90 minute ones. She had a, and she has a couple of uh, she has several 45 minutes and she's putting them all together. And I'm really curious. Um, we didn't we didn't touch on this. What is what is your leaderboard name and how'd you come up with it? If you would, oh, if you don't if, mind sharing, yeah. if you don't no, want I don't people, I'm, okay. I'm not that private of a person. Um, the it's um, Hefe Jeff, J-E-F-E. J-E-F-F. Um, I'd like to have a better story about how I came up with it, but I couldn't figure out what I should put on a leaderboard. And my family was coming up with these cool leaderboard names. So I just Googled um, like usernames and there was a site where you could sort of put something in and it would give you all these options. Um, oh, that's fun. Like oh, that's for, cool. for Instagram, for link, um, stuff like that. I mean, really the only social media I use is LinkedIn, but that's more of a professional networking site. Um, right. And so it, it, one of them was Hefe Jeff. And so I said, oh, I'll just try that. And no one had used it before. So. Okay. I, I know I, I've seen your name. So you're, you're following me. I'm following you back. So now I got to go check out where you are on the leaderboard. Cause I'm super curious. <laughs> right. the, last, the last couple of weeks haven't been good. Cause I'm getting over the flu. Okay. But, um, yeah, that's my excuse. So okay. he, he might look like a mere mortal. Yeah, he might. Yeah. He might have. He might have been in the top twenty instead yeah. of the top ten. He would have fifteen. <laughs> no, not quite. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm old now. I'm just trying to get back in shape. <laughs> so, um, if you're not on social media, do do you think that you ever will be? Is there anything you want to plug for people to find you? Like, do you want people to find you besides no, on the bike? No. I'm not like some like grumpy guy in a cabin in the woods. Um, <laughs> you are in Colorado. Colorado. <laughs> yeah, I'm in Colorado. The, I mean, if anyone ever wanted to reach out to me for any reason, I, I, my personal email is is jeffking50 at gmail.com. And that's really kind of the only way other than LinkedIn to, to find me. Okay. Um, yeah, because I don't. I don't really understand Instagram and Snatch, Snapchat and stuff like that. We don't understand the yellow one either, but yeah, I'm, I'm getting there with is, Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always forget I have one. I know. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I should post something there. <laughs> then I have people who followed me. They're probably like, he's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Why won't he follow me back? <laughs> uh, well, I 
thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us. It was a it was a it was a fascinating story. Yeah, so much to learn. Thank you for opening our eyes to so many things outside of the Peloton world. No, it was a pleasure being here. Um, I, I kind of like the the Peloton aspect because when you're racing outside, you just you just deal with racers um, all the time, and it's it's cool to meet people from more diverse backgrounds than just like people that don't have jobs and ride their bikes all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and I need to figure out a way to tell you whenever I post the episode, because usually I tag people on Facebook so that oh, they know. <laughs> yeah. Do it on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, can you? I don't, I don't know how that works. <laughs> oh, and I was going to say, cause you said how much you like basketball and this is apropos of nothing, but, uh, there's a movie on Netflix that just came out. It's directed by Steven Soderbergh, uh, who uh, directed like Ocean's Eleven, and uh, and it's all about like the industry of basketball and kind of it's a it's a fictitious story. And uh, it just came out yesterday. And I review movies on the side, my other podcast, and and it was really good. And if you like basketball and you like kind of like sports business, do. what's type it called? Stuff, it's called High Flying Bird. And uh, and it's about kind of like race and 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 basketball and kind of how, you know, it's all it's predominantly African-American players, but they're all working for white billionaires and there's a lockout and they're trying to figure out how to navigate the lockout and maybe disrupt the system at the same time, which is funny because Steven Soderbergh as a director is all about disrupting the system. Like he shot his last movie called Unsane entirely on an iPhone. Um, oh, really? Yeah. And I think this one looks like it might have been like not in a bad way. Like you just get some weird camera angles and stuff that like you almost have to be holding something small in your hand to get. But um, but anyways, it, it just thought you you might you might enjoy that movie. So and it's on Netflix. It's free. It's like ninety minutes. It's you know. Yeah, long I'll enough. check it out. Thanks. So. Well, uh, I hope you keep in touch, and I yeah. hope that you uh, decide to go to Homecoming. I know the last week there were still tickets available for Sunday. It's like $95 a person to go to the party. Um, but even if you didn't want to you know, do everything else, there's going to be a ton of Peloton people in New York that weekend, and it will be a blast. So Yeah, I, I, I always love New York. It's the greatest city in the country. There's a studio here in Denver I haven't been to yet either. Not a studio uh, as in a like a... Have, like a where they film classes, but just where they sell bikes. Yeah, we, we've actually been to the yeah, one in Denver. Right. Yeah, we were uh, a couple years ago. We were doing a road trip and I had to stop in and buy Peloton gear because that's what I do. <laughs> that is what she does. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, my wife hasn't bought any of that stuff yet, fortunately. You're a lucky man. Because yeah. once they do, man, try to hold that off as long as possible. Because once yeah. that seal, it's like uh, it's like when you used to be in college and you go to bladderbuster nights. Once you break that seal, <laughs> off to it the races. doesn't stop. Yeah. It doesn't stop. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you again for doing this. This has been really fun. No, it's good. Thanks, guys, and keep up the good work. Thank, thank you, you very much. You have a great right. rest of your weekend. Yeah, you too. Take care. Bye. Here's today's recipe for success. So does Jeff have a recipe for us? He does. He does. He said that he makes uh, chicken broth a lot and he uses it for all kinds of different things. It's it's a chicken bone broth recipe. Just to make sure I give credits, it's from a website called DrAxe.com. And so it's... um. 
it's kind of a lengthy recipe. So I will just put all this on the website, but you can make this in a slow cooker. So it's not a complicated recipe. It just has a lot of pieces to it. And you need four pounds of chicken and and, and includes necks, feet and wings. (laughs) Necks and feet. That's what it says. That's what it says. But um, once you have all the things, we've got carrots, celery stalks, uh, onions, Garlic cloves, Himalayan salt, peppercorns, apple cider vinegar, bay leaves, thyme, parsley, oregano, and then a lot of cold water. And then you put it in the slow cooker, you add in the water, and then you simmer it for 24 to 48 hours. And you just take the fat off the top. You just skim that off every once in a while. And then uh, once it's done, you allow it to cool. You get rid of all the solids. And then, boom, you have broth. And it says you can put it in the freezer and you can keep it in there for up to three months in the freezer or just use it within a week. Interesting. Quite a bit. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Thank you. So I guess that's it for this one. What do you have in store for people next week? Next week, we're going to talk to Linda Hodges. This is going to be a fascinating conversation because Linda Hodges, uh, she works in the world. She has all this education behind obesity medicine. Okay. It's how to not be. And so she has all these uh, interesting ways of looking at it. And specifically, we talk a lot about like what the scale really means and how to use it properly and all these other indicators that you can use. So I think everybody will get a a lot out of this conversation. It's going to be really fascinating. Maybe not be so mad at your scale. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Yes. Well, awesome. So uh, I guess that's what we have to look forward to. Until then, when can people find you? People can find me at Facebook.com slash Crystal D. O'Keefe. They can find me on Twitter, Instagram, or of course on the bike or the tread at Clip Out Crystal. And you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. And you can find the show online at Facebook.com slash The Clip Out. Don't forget, available on Apple Podcasts. Go there rate review subscribe so that's it for this one thanks for tuning in and until next time keep pedaling and running